0: In uh, preparing, for my part, today, uh, knowing it was you know Mother's Day, I, I've spoken on Mother's Day numerous times uh, here and many other churches. Got a lot of notes on mother, <laughs> and I was thinking about it, and I was uh, I was prepared to suspend my series we've been teaching on about victory over death. Talk about some of these things, and then get back to that. You know, next week, or I better not say what I'm going to do, but <laughs> i follow I follow orders, <laughs> but anyway, the Lord prompted me no, and he brought something to my remembrance that I hadn't thought about in a long time. It's an experience that my grandmother had that she shared with me and and with the whole family, and she probably told me and others this experience, I don't know. Over the course of all my growing up with her, at least scores of times, maybe more. My grandmother, who's in heaven now, everybody called her around the house and the community, Sister Lena Pearl. We're from the South. In the South, you need good double names. In case something, something happens to the, one of the names, you got another real good one right there, ready. <laughs> And they, they have to have a flow to them, yeah. <laughs> kind of a poetic, you know, Billy Bob, <laughs> and all of us did. <laughs> well, my grandmother's Lena Pearl, she was secretary and treasurer of the local Pentecostal church there for, I don't know, decades, and uh, multiple generations, she saw and taught. She had dreams and visions which was much misunderstood. There were some people who said some ugly things about her over some things she... One of, the, one of the meekest ladies you'd ever want to be around. You know, and all my time with her, and we used to stay with Grandma after school as little kids every day, and my, both of my parents worked, and, and um, I never heard her use a bad word. I never heard her talk bad about people, never. Isn't that amazing? So meek and and, and humble. And and the Lord would show her things sometime, And man, she didn't want to tell it. But she would out of uh, reverence and fear of the Lord. She'd stand up trembling and tell things in, in the church service. And some people would scoff and mock and ridicule. But I saw over the course of decades, person after person that did it had to come back and repent when it came to pass. I was at her house one day when a grown man, big old guy came and knocked on the door and he was crying and he came in and knelt at her rocking chair and asked her to forgive him for saying and doing the things he did because what she had seen exactly happened. It took it 20 years. You know, not everything happens overnight. Well, anyway... She and her mother in law, my, my granddad's mom, were close. Her name, we called, well, I, I didn't really know her, but uh, they called her Monetti. Monnetti Moore. And uh, she told all the kids, I'm going to say, had about 12 kids, told them all when she's going to die. The day. The day. Well, there was talk about, you know, how would she know and wonder if that's really going to happen. Well, the day she told them, she went out early that morning and milked the cow. Come back in with a pail of milk when she put her foot up on the first step to go back in the house. Fell dead. No sickness, no pain. That's the way to go. Right? And, uh, well, the kids and grandkids took it hard. And even weeks and months later, we're not doing well. Well, my grandmother said, and she told me this and others many, many times, I'd ask her to tell me again. She said she, after a long day, she went to the bedroom and lay down at night to, to go to bed. she said, as soon as she laid down, as soon as her head hit the pillow, she said she came come straight up out of her body whew, and went up, up, up. She said she was convinced she went to heaven. She said she didn't see a whole lot, but she saw this beautiful staircase, huge, ornamented, and and I forget how she described it. It sounded like it was sweeping, and up at the top stood her mother-in-law, Ma Nettie. So she went up there, and I guess they embraced and, 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 and hugged and, and rejoiced, and she said she didn't look like the last time she saw her. She, <laughs> she she wasn't old. She was beautiful and so so vibrant and young and had this beautiful, I believe she said purple, a gown type thing. She said it was just almost beyond description. And she they began to talk. And said Monetti asked her how everybody was doing since mother had been gone. And she said, well, you know, they're, uh, having trouble and getting over this. And she'd been talking to him and praying with him. And then she asked about my grandpa, Molina's husband, my grandpa. His name, Quinnon Nelson. Another good double name. <laughs> and a lot of folks called him QN. Quinnon Nelson. Now, my granddad was not active in the church. He went to church maybe once every year or so, if he had to. He was not. You'd ask him, you know, are you a Christian believer? No. And uh, he was a rough and tumble guy. He worked. He he worked in harsh conditions. I've seen him rip open his hand and arm and just cuss and put a rag on it. <laughs> and keep going, just that kind of guy, but you know, drink, smoke, chew, dip, cuss, just you know, he was a rough guy and and not a believer, and my grandmother said, Mo Nettie, which was his mom, looked at him and said, has Quentin changed his way of living since mother has been here? I can see it right now, my grandmother said, she hung her head, she said, no, Miss Nettie." I'll have to say no. She said, "Will you tell him if he wants to see mother again, he better change his way of living. Tell him he's got more stock in heaven since mother is here. And if he wants to see me again, he better change. Isn't that interesting? Is heaven real? Anybody believe heaven is real? Do you believe we have loved ones and friends and family yeah. there? Yes, sir. In thinking about Mother's Day. I might have gone this direction or that direction, but the Lord prompted me and helped me to see, and it's absolutely the truth. I hadn't thought about it like this. But he said, No, the most important thing to a mother is the well being of a child and to be with the child. Yes. Right? And every godly mother or believing mother that's gone on to glory, what do you think is the most important thing to them? Yes. That every one of their children be with them that's right. and with the Lord in glory, in heaven, forever. Amen. Now, uh, QN didn't change the next day or the year or the next 10 or 20 after that. But my grandmother went home before him, and that hit him hard. A lot of times people don't realize what, how much spiritual people are holding the family together until they leave. And uh, I'm happy to say that especially like the last, oh, I don't know, three to five years of my granddad's life, he did change. He did change. My dad was able to spend a lot of time with him, praying, talking about the Word, and he, I know he prayed, and my dad stayed with him some, and and uh, he said he'd hear him in the nighttime praying, which for him was, <laughs> so we are so glad that we can expect to see QN <laughs> in heaven, too. <laughs> In a lot of ways, he was a good grandpa. He loved us grandkids. Uh, just rough, you know, around the edges. <laughs> like one fella said, you know, he's, uh, what would they say in the Bible? I guess it was that flying show I saw recently. The guy was, uh, he was a tough rascal until you got to know him, and then he was still tough. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> that's, 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 that was QN. But that's who Jesus died for. Right? Was people that, all of us that have sinned and come short. Well, I want us to talk about that. About every mother and grandmother getting to see their children again in heaven. Is that okay with you? Uh, Go with me. Let's see. I'll just read some of these to you. I'm going to Psalm 90. Psalm 90 and verse... One, It says, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Isaiah 57, 15, don't turn there, just listen to it. 57, 15 says, Thus says the high and lofty one that inhabits Eternity, whose name is holy. What do these words eternal, everlasting mean? What does it mean? It means what you think it means. The literal definition is in perpetuity, perpetual. One of the Hebrew words for these words is interesting. It means out of sight. (laughs) How long is it? You can't see that far. It's out of sight. But God is, he's from everlasting to everlasting. As far back as it is far forward. That's not something we fully understand, or that we will fully understand in this life. The scripture says so. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, God has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he set the world in their heart. Now, boy, you'll just read right past this. This word world is actually the word for eternity. Not sure exactly why they they translated it this way here. But listen to the, uh, the, the complete Jewish Bible. He has made everything suited to its time. Also, he's given human beings an awareness of eternity. He has set eternity in our hearts. We can believe there is eternity. But, but, In such a way that they can't fully comprehend from beginning to end the things that God does. We we don't understand much about it. God is eternal. His things are eternal. What happens past this life is eternal. Eternal what? In perpetuity. Without ceasing. Without end. I want, to ask, I want to ask a very important question. And I want to answer it from the scriptures. Is everyone going to heaven when they die? Now this is a politically incorrect question. And there are all kinds of people who do not believe there is a hell. Including Christian people. So-called. I know of certain preachers that preach that there is no hell but you got people's ideas and you got the Bible right and if you say well I got a right to my opinions and beliefs actually as a believer you don't you're supposed to believe what he told you right and not make up stuff as you go along (laughs) what does the Bible say about these things Look with me in John 3, please. John 3 and 15, he said that whosoever believes in him should not, what? Perish, but have, what? Eternal life. Keep going. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What do you understand everlasting to mean? Unceasing, in perpetuity, without end. You can believe that, but in your present state you don't understand that. You can believe what you don't understand. It's a choice. My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagan, used to say as a little boy, he could not figure out how a brown cow could eat green grass and give white milk. But all the time he's trying to figure it out, he's a drink in the milk. <laughs> you can believe and even enjoy something you don't understand at all. There's all kind of folks in this church had no idea what happened when you turned the key on your card or when you put it in D. <laughs> huh? You got no idea about torque converters and hydraulics and beveled gears and synchros and universal joints and you're like, huh? A lot of folks. But you can enjoy the car and you can get where you're going without understanding. Well, you can believe in eternity and not understand what that means. But go to 17, John 17 and 2. He said, you've given him power over all flesh, Jesus that is, that he should give What? Eternal life to as many as you've given him. Verse three. And this is life eternal. Here's the definition of what eternal life is. What is eternal life? That they might know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's not a matter of joining the right church. It's not a matter of the exact correct baptismal formula. Do you know him? Do you know him? And if you really do know him, that shows you've been born again. And that shows you have eternal life. And you have passed from death unto life. And you love God and you love people. I didn't say you always acted like you did, but but it's in you. I said it's in you. (laughs) Go please to Matthew 25. Jesus talking about this. Now we see these words everlasting You and I understand that they mean without ceasing. I want you to see the same words used describing something else. Matthew 25 and 41. He said, then he will say to them on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. Same word as talking about everlasting life. Wonder what it means. Everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Verse 46. Verse 46. These shall go away unto everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. These words are some of the very same words. If eternal life means without ceasing, then everlasting punishment means the same thing. It's the same words. Study it for yourself. What does it mean? Does everyone go to heaven. When they die. Is there another place people go? Uh, Daniel 12. Two, you don't have to turn there. But Daniel 12. Two says. Uh, uh, Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth. Shall awake. Some to everlasting life. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Everlasting used. Both directions. In. In. Uh, 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter and the eighth verse. 2 Thessalonians 1.8. They'll put it up for us. It says, in flaming fire, he's going to take vengeance on them that know not God. And they that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Who shall be punished with what? Everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, there are people who say they don't believe there's a hell. And there are people who say, well, no, that doesn't mean everlasting. They're going to be punished, and then they're just going to be consumed, and it's going to be an end because a loving God could not do or allow that kind of thing. Well, whether you understand it or not, whether it suits your version of what's righteous or not, should you believe what the Bible says? Yes, you right. should believe what the Bible says. And I asked the Lord this very question because I knew it'd come up. <laughs> I said, Lord, what about this? What people say? When people say, "How can a God who is love send someone to an everlasting place of punishment, a hell? How can how can He do that?" And uh, I asked Him specifically a few weeks ago. That very quiet. I said, Lord, I, what do I say? And I didn't I didn't get anything specific for a few days. The Lord spoke to me one afternoon, excuse me, one evening. Hallelujah. I don't mean to heard a voice, but inside me. I asked him again, I said, What do I say about? You? He said, It's not my choice. That's right. I don't know what that does for you, but man, that that went all through me. It's reverberating in my insides right now. Amen. Why would God send somebody? He said it's not his choice. I just can't believe that he's a sovereign God. Then you need to read some Bible. Because over and over he told people, I set before you. Didn't he say it? Life, death, blessing, cursing. Then what did he say? Choose you choose. See, People have not understood how far reaching this choice we have goes. He will let you choose even something that results in your own destruction. He will allow you to do that. It's not His will. It doesn't please Him, but it's not His choice. It's your choice. And if you don't choose Him and you don't want Him, where else is there to go? Right? Right? People choose not to be with him. Well, where where, where are they going to go? Go with me to uh, Luke, the 16th chapter. Is there a hell? A lot of people today don't believe in it. Even some church-going people. I don't know what they do with all these scriptures. (laughs) But they don't believe in it. And they've formulated their own theories and opinions and doctrines. How many know there needs to be a standard? Yes. Not every man does what's right in his own eyes and what you think and what I think. There's got to be a standard. Yeah. And you know why a lot of people don't say they don't believe in hell? Because they don't want to believe in hell. Yes, right. Just because you don't want to believe it, yeah. doesn't mean it's not there. Right? right? Yeah. And you don't want to wait until you're out of here to find out how stupid you were. Right? Isn't it great? We all got an opportunity right now, right here, this morning, we're alive, we're breathing. Who wants to go see mama in heaven? All right, yeah. Let's do it. Luke 16 and 19. Jesus said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Verse 20 there's a certain beggar named Lazarus. Everybody say certain. Certain. Now there are people that try to say, well, this passage is a parable. Jesus is speaking allegorically. No way is this a parable. Jesus did teach in parables. And every time he did, he'd, he'd say such and such is like unto such and such. Right? You don't see that anywhere in this. And when you're talking parables, you don't give the typical people specific names. There was a certain person, and there was a certain person named Lazarus. If I said, there was a man lived in Branson named Dave Vaughn, you say, he's telling a fairy tale. That's a parable. No, no. When you use specific names and you say certain, this happened. Yes. Are you with me, friends? Yes. This happened. And it gives us a window to look into some things that happen past this life after death and some people that don't go to heaven. How many believe the Bible? Yes. Certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. Keep reading. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. So he had a a hard life. 22. Came to pass that the beggar died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now, Now think about it. Lazarus. His body. Is in the ground. But he's being carried somewhere. This life is not all there is. That's right. And uh, you, th- this this body is just the house you live in right now. Right. And at death, you'll leave this body. Where will you go? People are leaving here. We've been talking about this. Out of the some nearly, what, seven billion on the planet, that we're told that approximately two people die somewhere on the earth every second. Just a little bit over a second, two people. Two people, maybe one in Africa, one in Europe, or or somewhere. I mean, okay, two more. Two more. Where did they go? They left their body. Where'd they go? Well, this said he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man died, and he was buried. Verse 23. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, so there is a hell. Yes, there is. I said, "There is a hell. Yes. He's seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. keep reading. He cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. There is a hell, there are flames." there is torment. Right? Yes, and you, you see uh, through this passage, he keeps talking about torment. Torment. He keeps on referring to torment. Torment. Keep reading. Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received good things and Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and you are tormented. There's a place of comfort and there's a place of torment after this life. Verse twenty six. Beside all this, there's between us and you there's a great gulf fix, so that they which would pass from here to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from there. He said, We can't. I can't come to you. I can't do anything for you. Why would God send a man to a place like that? Help me out. It's not his choice. It's not his choice. But if you, if you won't choose God, you don't want to be with him. You don't want to believe in him. You don't want to accept Jesus. You don't want to accept the salvation and redemption he's provided for us. You got to go somewhere else. Keep reading. He said, I pray you, Father, that you would, if you can't come help me, send him to my father's house. That's what we're talking about this morning. People that are past this life, what would they want? Hmm? For their loved ones, their their sons, their daughters, their grandchildren, what would they want most of all? They they don't want you going to the place of torment. They do want you going to the place of comfort. He said, send them to my father's house, verse 28, because I got five brothers. And he can testify to them, lest they come to this place of torment. Where is hell? What is it? It's real. I believe the Bible. Do you believe the Bible? If Jesus says there's a hell, then there's a hell. If he says people go to it, then they do. I know folks don't like to believe it. People have made up all kind of stuff. But I believe the Bible. How about you? One of the scriptures that we talked about said, you know, choose you this day whom you will serve. And Joshua went on to say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But whose choice is it? It's not God's choice. It's our choice. We're told that hell is beneath us and heaven is above us. There are scriptures that talk about this. Isaiah 14, 9 says, hell from beneath is moved for you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for thee. The Bible talks about the heart of the earth. That's the Latin word for core. There's something at the core of the earth. We already know one thing about the core. It is hot. How hot is it? Well, nobody's ever actually been there with a thermometer. But it is estimated to be somewhere around 10. To 13,000 degrees. Some conjecture it could be as hot as the surface of the sun. Natural things reflect spiritual things. There are people there beneath us, spirits. It's a place of torment. Jesus said, talked about people being cast into hell fire in Mark 9:47 verse 48 he says where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched the same words everlasting refer to the fire never goes out worms won't die it's everlasting what is the most important thing we need to decide about hell i'm not going Come on, are y'all with me or not? How many think that nobody in this room today should go to hell? Huh? Nobody watching by the internet. And that every mother and grandmother and great-grandmother that's in heaven, how many think they ought to get to see their kids? Right? Grandkids, great-grandkids. Talk about a Mother's Day. I said talk about a Mother's Day, a hallelujah Mother's Day. It's when Bubba and Sissy and the whole bunch joins Mama and Jesus, right? (laughs) What decides who goes where? Well, we've already talked about, we, we got a choice. A choice concerning what? Go to Revelation 20, please. A choice. You can play ostrich and stick your head in the sand and Pretend these things are not real and kid yourself and say, Well, maybe later on, right before I die, I'll give my heart to Jesus and What if you get caught off guard? What if you ain't got time to or your mind and heart's not in the right place? Or You got today. You got right now. How many think you ought to take advantage of what you got right now? You're alive, you're breathing. You got a choice. In uh, Revelation, the twentieth chapter. You know we read this recently in reading our chapters, and if you haven't done it, let me recommend to read these, like these last three chapters in the book of Revelation. They are so powerful. They are. It gives you a telescopic vision into the future. This is not fantasy. This is not imagination. The Lord let John see what's going to happen and how this thing's going to work. It describes heaven. And this is, not, this is not fantasy. He actually saw it. It's real. You're going to see it as a believer. Right? Even if you live another 50, 100 years, it's going to come by like that. You're going to see it. Next thing you know, you're going to be going, wow, look at this. Look, look, do you see that? Look at this. It's amazing. And it's a place of comfort. It's a place of love. It's a place that doesn't even need a light bulb or a sun. Because the light of God, who is love and light, lights it all the time. You never even have a night time. What kind of place, what kind of world, what kind of life? Amazing. Wonderful. Everybody ought to go. You believe it? I'm going. How about you? I'm, I'm going. I made up my mind. I've made my choice. I'm going. I'm not going to hell. It wasn't made for me. It was made for the devil and his crowd and people that don't want God. I do want God. Anybody here besides me? I do. I want him. I want him. Now and forever, I want to be with him. Right? How can we know that we are not going to hell? And that we're going to be with him. In Revelation 20 in verse 1, John said, I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. We're going to read a few verses. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. There is a hell and there is a devil. The Bible says so very plainly. Now, forget about everything you ever saw or heard on a Hollywood movie right. yeah. about demons and devils. I mean, it's just a bunch of junk. Yeah. Don't you believe all that junk? That's, right. That's not what it's like. It's real, right. but it's not like that. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years shall be fulfilled. After that, he must be loosed a little cease. Skip on down, uh, next verse. Well, this is fine. He said, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. You'll see from this passage, there are two resurrections and there are two deaths. He said, those that have part of the first resurrection, that rule and reign with him for a thousand years, the second death has no power over them, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Somebody say me, 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 <laughs> me, 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 that's me. <laughs> Keep going. Verse six. When the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. And you know what he does? After a thousand years of cooling his heels and getting to think about it, the very same thing he always did. Lying, stealing, killing, dirty dog rascal. But it's his last hoorah. Verse 9, time's sake, let's just skip on down. Keep going, 10. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now, there is something beyond hell, after hell. It's called the lake of fire, where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night. How how long? Same words that describe everlasting life. Same words. Verse 11, I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it. How many believe there is a great white throne? And there is one who sits on it. It is the judge of all the earth. It is the creator of the heavens and the earth. It is the almighty. We're going to see him. I said, we're going to see him. And when you do, you will not be disappointed. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was no place for them, the, the, the Lord has to bring a new heaven and a new earth. Verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great. Well, obviously it wasn't the end of them when they died here on the earth. He's looking at them. Everybody, from the least to the greatest, known and unknown. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Everybody say the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Does it matter what you do and don't do in this life? It does. And it will come up after this life. Verse 13. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Keep reading. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Keep reading whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Who is not going to the place of torment? Those found written in the book of life. That's who. That's who. Anybody not found written in the book of life is going to the place of torment. Eventually to the lake of fire. I know folks don't like to believe it, but I believe the Bible. How about you? And if you really don't like the idea, I got the solution. <laughs> Make sure your name is in the Lamb's book of life. I got anything to do with it? It's your choice. It's your choice. Back up to the third chapter of Revelation. Third chapter in verse 5. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Who is, whose name's in the Lamb's book of life? The same ones that Jesus confesses before the Father. And we have other words that Jesus said about this, in, among other places, Matthew, the 10th chapter in the 32nd verse, put it up, Matthew 10, 32. Jesus said this, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men Him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. Who's in the Lamb's book of life? The ones that Jesus confesses before the Father? It's the ones that confessed him here in front of men. Right there in the scripture. Verse 33. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. If you won't confess Him, if you're ashamed, another account said, if you're ashamed of me and my words before this evil and adulterous generation, it's not okay to be a closet Christian. Do you want the Lord to stand up and confess you and claim you? In that day we just got through reading about, when heaven and earth will flee away from the face of the Almighty, and the only people not going into the lake of fire are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes. Do you want to know that you know my name's in that book? Yes. He's confessing my name. Oh, yes. How would you know that could be, would be so? That you boldly, without reservation, yes. unashamedly confess him here and now before men. And good news, good news. We're going to give you an opportunity to do it right here today. Everybody going to stand up in a moment. We're going to receive communion together. We're going to honor what the Lord has done. And we're going to confess him loud enough for anybody standing around us to hear it. Right? That he is ours and we are his. We believe in him. And are not ashamed. And he said you do that. You confess me before men. I will confess you. Before the father and his angels. And revelation said those are the ones. Whose names are written. In the lamb's book of life. Oh somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know the disciples on one occasion. uh, Jesus had sent them out to cast out devils and heal the sick, and they came back and they said, Jesus, Jesus, even the devils are subject to us in your name. You know what he said? He said, that's great, that's great, but let me tell you what you ought to be happy about, that your name is written in heaven. As great as our miracles and spectacular things and victories can be down here, they pale in comparison to this great truth. When one's name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you are forever a citizen of heaven. You are forever a part of the family of God, sons of the living God that rule and reign with him forever. Not theory, not opinion, Bible. You believe it? It is the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand up on your feet right now? What would bless mama more? Grandmother? Great, 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 great grandmother? Come on, anybody know what would bless mama more? Than seeing her kid in glory and being able to be with them throughout eternity with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.